I was hit with this metal and I was like, Whoa! and I was like, no, oh, that's probably nothing. I, can you see the fruit fly? I just saw fruit fly, man. I can <laughs> see it on the camera. That's crazy. <laughs> Do you, are you leaving like wine glasses all over the place? Like how is this happening? Yeah, I pour trails of wine all over the ground. Speaking of things I do on wine. All right, this is Tuesday, August 11th. The year is 2020. Still, you are listening to Underdogs. What? My name is Jacob Eman. Here with me is Mr. White, Mr. Red. He's got a white shirt, a white background, red headphones, red microphone, David Patrick Fleming. What's going on, my man? Yo, what up? I want everybody out there to know that moments before we started recording, Jacob skin shamed me. He told me that I have pink skin. And I, I want everybody to know that that hurts my feelings because I do have pink skin, but he said that he could remark it through my my uh, thin white shirt that I'm wearing. Yeah, I don't know what's more see-through, your skin or your white shirt. You don't treat me like this. I don't appreciate it. I'm going to stand up to you. <laughs> it's, it's just that the red headphones and red microphone really bring out the pink in your skin and the red in your hair. Well... You bought the microphones and you gave me the headphones. So is it a choice by me to have red oh, headphones? Oh, I'm sorry and a for red supplying microphone? you with great supplies no. for podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's relax here, folks. It's a hot Tuesday. Yeah. We're coming yeah, let's, at you. Let's hard. dive in. I want to lead off with an with an unlikely story here. And then I want to hear a story from you, David, because I know you got a good one. But I was doing a little uh a little uh uh, internet flippy doodling with my thumb looking at the stories and I came across something very interesting. Um, I saw an interview with director, film director David Fincher who was ripping on Ben Affleck who is a, a known American actor in case you don't know who he is. Um, he was apparently Batman. I never saw it. Anyway, a movie that I did see that I loved... It's called Gone Girl. Ben Affleck was amazing in this movie. David Fincher was ripping him in an interview, saying that they had to shut down production for four days while they figured out an alternate plan how to work around Ben Affleck refusing to wear a Yankees hat in a scene. He wouldn't put it on his head. David Fincher needed it to happen, and uh, they had to shut down the production. In the interview, uh, Fincher's calling him unprofessional. Um, this is obviously, I, I'm guessing, all in jest, and, and uh, Fincher doesn't actually hate Ben Affleck, but the way he was ripping on him was really funny in this interview. I, I, have, I feel like I've heard a brief version of Ben Affleck's side of that because uh, he just said it, it you know, it, it's, it must be in jest because at least Ben Affleck's point of view was that it was in jest, but that it did take uh, some convincing of for course. him to put a Yankees hat on because he's a uh, diehard Red Sox I would fan. say that I wouldn't wear a Yankees hat in on a film, but I have worn a Yankees hat in my regular life. It's not something I'm necessarily proud of. I have a Yankees hat. I love the Yankees. Look, I'm going to say it right now. I like the Yankees. I am able to hold multiple loves in my heart and in my mind. Yes, the Blue Jays are my 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 ride or die, but I got no problem spending a weekend with the Yankees or a, a 
a romantic evening with the Yankees. I, I won't go that Yankees. far. And the Yankees I won't go hat. that far. Come on. Um, I will say that what happened to me in 2018, I believe, uh, Aaron Judge's rookie season, um, the thumbs down, Yankees playoff push, the, the Blue Jays were completely out of it. I was watching playoff baseball. I fell in love with this with this young upstart Yankees team, and uh, I do feel a need to burn my Yankees hat, and I haven't worn it um, since since that playoff run. I won't wear it anymore, and I, and I don't respect your opinion of, of your love for the Yankees, David, and I think that we're going to lose a lot of listenership on our podcast because of it. So not only are you ripping my skin color, but you are now ripping my choices that you look, the heart wants what it wants. And as I said, the Jays are my team. But if you're a true fan of baseball, actually the sport of baseball, and you're not just attached to a team. I love Aaron Judge. How can you not like Aaron Judge? <laughs> he is the most likable athlete maybe in sports. I'm going to say it here. He's the most likable athlete in sports. All right, let's go get him. Uh, Ross Atkins, you know what you need to do. We need an outfielder with thump. Let's make this trade happen. What do we got to do to get him? Nate Pearson, Bo Bichette, toss a, Nate Pearson, Vladdy. You think you could for get Vladdy and Nate Pearson? Nate Pearson? No, you can't get him for Vladdy. That's an interesting trade. That? That's an interesting trade. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know, man. The starting pitching is so valuable. Uh, exactly. That's how we get Aaron Judge, who you love on the Yankees team that you love. I do love him. He's a friendly, beautiful giant. He and he's, you know, he's not just a masher either. He he's incredible. When he's healthy, he's incredible. You might want to steal Nate Pearson for the Yankees just because you're a secret Yankees. You're like a insurgent agent or something sent sent to to into the Blue Jays fandom to try and stir up some stuff and and benefit the Yankees, I think. Listen to me right now. I have been a Blue Jays fan since early 90s when they started winning the World Series because I was an Oakland A's fan before that, and then they got Ricky Henderson, and I turned, and I was a Jays fan. I have been following the Jays for a long fucking time, and they haven't given me much. So if you're in a relationship with a, a person who isn't giving you much, and they go away all the time, and especially late in the season, they're just gone. And then you've got all these offers from these other beautiful people around you that really see you for you. And they show you a side of baseball that maybe the partner you're with, the Blue Jays, just can't show you. And so you get enticed by it. And so you take some of their offers and maybe you secretly watch one of their games late at night on a bottle of wine. And then you're moved in a way that the Blue Jays aren't able to move you. And then a relationship develops. I'm having an affair with the Yankees, but I love the Blue Jays. I'm not leaving my wife. That's amazing. Tell me your other story, David. You said you had one and I want to know what it is. <laughs> All right. Just help me with this story, Jacob, because this is the situation. Three days in a row, Three days, boom, 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 I go out to use my barbecue on the back of my deck, and there is a pizza crust sitting on the top of my propane okay. tank. Now, I know that I've said teenagers throw shit on my deck and blah, blah, blah. There's absolutely no way that you could throw a pizza crust and make it land on the propane tank. It's guarded by the barbecue. It has a little like shield around it. So 
there's a possibility that it's an animal, that it's like a squirrel and it gets these pizza crusts and it comes and it, for whatever reason, it stores the pizza crust on the top of my propane tank. But so then my question is, why doesn't it eat the pizza crust? If it needs the food, why doesn't it eat it? And if it's saving it, but now it's learned three times that when it leaves it there, the pizza crust is gone, why would it keep doing that? What I think is going on is a man is on the back of my deck at night and he's leaving this menacing symbol of a pizza crust on the top of my propane tank. And this is going to be the pizza crust killer. He's a serial killer and he's fucking with me. And this might be the last time you ever hold on a second, David, three times, three separate cut crusts of pizza. Because I take the crust every time. I don't leave it on my propane tank. I throw it out. And then boom, pizza crust. Boom, pizza crust. And why is it always pizza crust? Is it crust? the same kind of pizza? You know what I mean? Does it seem like the same crust? Hard to, it's hard to know, but I would, I would imagine maybe it is. I, I don't know. It's yeah, that's, really fucking that's with highly me. menacing. That's terrifying. I'm really worried <laughs> about you. I don't know what you can do about this. But again, your landlord has offered to give you a gopro and i think you need to get it set up out there there is too many scary things happening around you there i i honestly i'm not sure what's more scary is the possibility of the pizza crust killer waiting out there eating the pizza on your deck leaving the crust or this highly resourceful animal that will stop at nothing to leave a pizza crust manages to always find the pizza, find his way back to your propane tank. Maybe maybe the animal's leaving it for you because it wants, like, it's kind of a, uh, it's gone kind of bad. Like, the, the crust is too crusty. They want you to heat it up on your barbecue for them, get it kind of toasty and warm again, soften up the bread so that it can munch it. Because this is a little animal. It's, that's, a, that's a hard thing to, to munch on is a, is a stale crust of a pizza. Well, I will say that the crust is quite stale, uh, so it doesn't make me feel like it's a fresh pizza that uh, teenagers are eating and then launching the crust. It's, it's very hard when I pick it up. So if, if the squirrel's like, ah, I can't eat this, what do I do with this? Oh, I'll just put it on this propane tank of this useless man's deck and I'll <laughs> let him deal with it. Because what I think happens is they leave the crust there because they get distracted by the grease trap in the barbecue. And they're like, oh my God, free fat. I'm going to town on this. But it really doesn't make sense because if it's storing the food there to keep it for later, it's learned now that that doesn't work. And look, I'm not going to be the one on a podcast to call squirrels stupid. I don't think they're stupid. So what is going on? I don't know. I think we need to start a new podcast exclusively about this. An ongoing saga, an investigative journalism podcast about this pizza crust. Because I want to talk about this a lot more, but we have some stuff to get to today. <laughs> some sports-related things. Squirrels are underdogs, too. All right, let's get into sports. Forget this and... Uh, for all the listeners out there, if this is the last time I'm alive, I love you all. Thank you. Um, okay, well, let's start with uh, something juicy here. Maybe it's juicy, maybe it's not. I don't know. Uh, Marcus Stroman has opted out of the season. Uh, the New York Mets get 11 starts out of Marcus um, after giving up uh, Anthony, Tony K, Simeon Woods, Richardson. Uh, those guys, I mean... We see Kay looks pretty amazing. He's contributing to our club, 
Apparently, Simeon Woods Richardson is a top 100 prospect now. Uh, it's it's hard to to parse Marcus Stroman's intentions here for me. I you know I try to take him at face value, say that he's doing it because of his family, um, that he's just kind of nervous about the pandemic and doesn't want to jeopardize his family. I, I'm not. 100% sold on that. I don't know what the alternate intentions could be. Maybe he just really doesn't like playing for the New York Mets. Well, man, there's definitely something funky in the New York Mets organization. The way that Cespedes just left and they thought he was a missing person yeah. for an hour. Uh, you, you don't do that if the reason you're leaving is COVID-19. Like you would just say, hey, look, I can't do this anymore. You don't like leave. Don't show that. up for a game the next day <laughs> or practice or whatever. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's just not a team that uh, people are willing to sacrifice anything for. Maybe the way that the organization is run is yeah. garbage. Well, New York um, Mets fans are not forgiving him. They seem to be pretty upset that Marcus has decided to opt out of the season, perhaps because it's now after he was just coming back from injury. He missed the beginning of the season. You know how much he's talking about, how much he's locked in, how much he, he wants to compete and how he's going to go out there and dominate. You know, we, we hear that day after day if you follow him on Instagram or Twitter or anything like that. So to have that kind of attitude and then well, say, I'm not going to play, it's a bit frustrating. Well, here's the thing, like if he's looking for a contract and he wants uh, to sign a big money deal and he has an injury, it doesn't help him to say, hey, I'm not playing because I have an injury. He probably wants to rehab that injury, get back to full strength. And the easiest way to um, give himself value for the future is to say, I'm doing this for COVID-19 and uh, don't think that it's uh, my body shutting down. It's I'm afraid of the virus for my family. Uh, that would be my sense of that, that he, he just wants to get himself in a prime position to make as much money as possible, and he's using the virus as an excuse. That makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, I, I like that take. Uh, I also enjoy, there's a lot of talk of him um, getting in just the amount of time that he needed in order to reach free agency, um, and uh, it's kind of a reverse service time manipulation you know finally a player is <laughs> manipulating against yeah. the team uh i love that move i think it's awesome i think that's awesome too fuck them miss marcus stroman look for me marcus stroman deserves mm -hmm. some money i he's he's worth a good you know at least five okay. year contract at a good at a good value this brings me to my question david because there are some blue jays fans on blue jays twitter that are hankering to bring Marcus back. Can we get him back in the city? Do you want him in the city? I would, I would like to see Marcus Stroman back uh, pitching for the Blue Jays. I just feel like there's bad blood between him and the organization. I feel like he didn't leave on great terms. With no, Ross he left in the midst and, of a meltdown. Uh, <laughs> he thought he was going to the Yankees. Yeah, exactly. It was like we could hear the shouting from the hallway. <laughs> yeah, totally. He thought he was going to David Patrick Fleming's beloved Yankees, and instead he's going to the disaster artist Mets. <laughs> Yeah, and so I, I, there's just no way he's coming back to Toronto, but would I like to see him in theory be our two 
or our three. Yeah, fuck yeah. Love Marcus Stroman. I think I think he's uh, more of a four or a five at this point. At this point? Oh, I don't know about that. He's at least a three. He's. I, I definitely am going to choose Nate Pearson or Hyunjin Ryu to, to go get a start for me before him at, uh, at this point. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what makes him a three. Who else? You, you're not choosing Shoemaker over him, are you? I might. I might. I don't know. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Speaking of Anthony Kay, who we got for Marcus Stroman, he's looked amazing coming out of the bullpen. Should he just stay there? Should, should they start to think about like next year? Are they, they're going to try to turn him into a starter? Should he be a starter? I think sometimes when players do really well at a certain thing, you try to think, oh, well, if they can do that, they must be able to do this. They must be an amazing starter. They're amazing from the bullpen. But maybe where someone is amazing is where they should stay. Well, he seemed pretty good as a starter to me too. So I, 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 don't, I don't see any reason why we shouldn't try and get more innings out of him if he can be good. It doesn't, it doesn't track for me. But so do you feel the same way about Baraki? I feel even more so about Baraki. I feel like Baraki's found his place in what he's doing with his velocity uptick coming out of the bullpen. I, I'll hear you on the Anthony K thing and that he should get a chance to start. He definitely deserves it. And Baraki's had chances to start. And I'm not saying that, you know, it was overly consistent or that injuries didn't get in his way, but he had two starts last season. Well, whose fault is that? I, I don't know. Bones, ligaments. <laughs> You can't blame him for his injury. That's a slippery slope. Ryan Baraki's been placed on the IL. The reason being bones. <laughs> uh, okay, so then now you've got your five right now with Chase Anderson coming back. You've got Trent Thornton who's going to eventually come back from an injury. You're saying Anthony Kay should be a starter. Ryan Baraki should be a starter. You've also got Thomas Hatch in the bullpen who is potentially a starter, even though he's only got two pitches. What do you do? How do you juggle all of these pieces? How do you try to see what you have with all of these pitchers? I mean, it's a great thing to have a bunch of depth in starting pitching, but how do you actually manage it? Well, first of all, we manage it by saying we really have two, two solid starters. And if we can, uh, if we can pull... Who are you talking about? I'm talking about Pearson and Ryu. After that, at this point, I don't care how long you've been in the big leagues. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't guarantee you a spot to me over some guy who might be able to be a better pitcher, even though he's young and less experienced. So, uh, next season, I, I, I can't even remember how how long the contracts are for Roark or Anderson. I'm assuming they're one year deals. I think the Roark deal is a two year deal. And I think uh, the Anderson's okay. a one-year deal. In any case, even even if they were, even if they're both two-year deals, I'm giving I'm giving Kay and Barucky, um, Hatch, all of those guys in in a real spring training next season, um, or if injuries happen this season, we're going to see some of these guys make starts, and I think that we we let the let the best guy pitch. Let the guy, best guy pitch for as many innings as possible, and I'd rather see... But when you're talking about as many innings as possible, you can't think of it like if you start, you throw six innings, and if you come in from the bullpen, you can give me two innings. Because that six innings is over a five-day span, but if you can give me two innings, uh, I don't know, four times a week, that has more value. If that's the way the bullpens are going to be used, and that's the way you could use a Ryan Barucki 
two innings four times a week is mm-hmm. eight innings. And if he's just going to th- give you six innings once a week, I don't know. It just feels to me like there's there's more value in that. I mean, I'm sure from his point of view, there's maybe not as much money in that. But in terms of this team being as good as it can possibly be, bullpens are huge. When you put it like that, David, I see your point. You know, I wasn't thinking about the math and the and the carryover of innings. Putting it together like that, you you you're making me see the point. And really, it's interesting because it brings me back. I had this idea. I feel like on episode one or two of this podcast. Um, well before the season started, about having this bevy of starters and using these guys uh, as basically a second starter in a game. You know, bringing in these guys who could be starters after the starters, see how long they can get to. Maybe we don't have to use as many relievers. And that's sort of what we've been doing to some extent. For some reason, we decide we need to bring in uh, Wilmer Font or something before Barucki or Kay. I don't know why we can't just go to the good guys. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to avoid, the Yamaguchis and the Wilmer Fonts. And then they have enough depth to be yeah. able to do that. Well, we have to... Okay, so we're looking at it from our perspective and from the team's perspective, but you have to give a chance to these guys, I think, especially Barucki, who was, a, I think, a pretty good major league starter, fourth third, fifth starter at least um, in 2018 when he came up. His 2019 was completely derailed with injuries. He's back now. He looks great. I, I can't see a reason why you don't give a shot to that guy to be a starter. But what, what Are you sure that he doesn't want to be Josh Hader light? You know, Andrew Miller light? Like he might, maybe he's good in that position because there's just something about it that feels right to him. I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure he said he still wants to be a starter. So that's that's what I'm going off of. And you can make more money, I think, as a starter. For sure you can. But I don't think you owe these players chances to start just because they want to or just because that's the way they came up. I mean, I don't know what those conversations are like with agents and, and management, but they're, I mean, they're your assets. You can use them how you see fit. Yeah. Well, we got to see how this season progresses. Like I said, there's going to be injuries. These are going to be the first guys that are going to get starts, right? I'm guessing K is probably yeah. first in line because they're keeping him stretched out more so than Barucki now. I guess the talk is is uh, is tightening up Barucki as much as possible. So we, he might not be giving those two innings for much longer. They might they might be putting it all into one. I don't know. Look, if if this keeps Baraki healthy and he has good value, he's going to make more money doing what he's doing than he is on somebody's IL and never making it past the arbitration. That's fair. You had uh, a question, I don't know how many episodes ago, it was after the last Ryu start, you sent me a text uh, asking if Ryu had got his hair cut. Um, <laughs> yeah. He got a cut he got in Atlanta. His haircut in Washington, actually, before they left for Atlanta. I came across a, t- a Twitter post that has a, um, a translated Ryu diary. Apparently, Ryu has a video blog as he started doing. This is episode two. He's going to do this video blog every week. It's going out to Korea. 
um, where he's a huge star. And I was reading this, and yeah, he's massive. And uh, apparently, he decided to go search for a Korean barber in Washington before they left for Atlanta. Uh, he had the long hair due to the pandemic um, and the restrictions of that. But because of his bad first two starts, he wanted to get a fresh start, get a fresh haircut. And boom, he comes out slinging it, looking great in his third start. Um, and uh, it all comes back to that haircut. He also happened to get that haircut on. He also got that haircut in the same moment that his wife and child went back to Korea. So, bounce chicka, wow, wow, trying to look good for the ladies wow. of Atlanta. <laughs> wow. <laughs> David, I know that you like to step out on the Blue Jays, but to call out Ryu and say that he's playing around on the <laughs> side on his wife and child. On the topic of family, though, David, um, <laughs> the Toronto Blue Jays are going to Buffalo tonight. They have cardboard cutouts of of the families of Blue Jays players. The Toronto Blue Jays Twitter posted a picture of Vladimir Guerrero, 21-year-old Vladimir Guerrero uh, Jr.'s and standing next behind the cardboard cutout of his two daughters, um, they look like they're, I don't know, three and four. So, you know, this is a kid, kid who's had children for a number of years now. He's got two of them. Um, I was very excited to learn the names of them. Um, Hazel May giving us the the names uh, of the, of the uh, children of Vladimir Guerrero Jr., which are Vlamil and Vlashil. I think it's good that he's becoming a bit more open in talking about it because it was something that he was keeping pretty close to the vest, which I could understand why he would do that. But I guess just that he feels comfortable enough or he feels ready to be open about his life and his family is, I think that's a good sign. What about essentially sort of naming his daughters after himself? Is this just a thing you have to do in the Guerrero family? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's necessarily true. Dude, the name is V L Y M I L V L Y S H I L. I'm not going to comment on this because I don't know enough uh, to to make an informed opinion about it. But I I hear what you're saying. All right. Well, they've got V L names to start. Keep keep the keep the Vladimir name alive in that family um hopefully he has a son soon and that child can be named vladimir guerrero jr jr or i guess maybe just vladimir guerrero three is what we'll go for at that point oh the, the third. third oh man imagine just being named the third and then batting third Ooh, and playing third. they might finally get things right <laughs> on the third vladimir guerrero jr get yeah. back to the original no, there's no way he's going to be a Blue Jay because Vladdy will be like, this is the city that fat shamed me my whole career. <laughs> Go somewhere else. Yeah, maybe else. you're right. And he'll be a Yankee. Yeah, he'll probably be a Marlin. I'm calling it now. <laughs> uh, the Blue Jays are playing the Marlins tonight in beautiful Salem Field in in Buffalo, New York. The, the field... They've released some pictures. They've released some videos. They have covered that stadium in blue. Jays memorabilia or 
icons. They've got it everywhere. It looks pretty good. I got to say, I'm I'm impressed with what the Blue Jays did. Yeah, I mean, it looks. It, it, I'm sure there's some stuff that they've done lighting wise that we can't really tell, and maybe some stuff to the field. For the most part, it looks like they just put some blue paint on some stuff. Um, but I think that the field. I mean, it doesn't look like a major league field. I mean, that's obvious. It just doesn't. But I think that... Well, just because of the outfield, the like fence and the sort of highway out there? Well, the size of the stadium. Well, yeah, when they look out to the... It's a really ugly picture when you look out in the outfield. It's just got this like kind of large net over the left field wall because you don't want to hit cars. That are driving by, which is not a typical major league. Well, on the right field wall, you you can hit some cars. You can see the highway going out there. I yeah. saw a video on Twitter of Vladdy hitting a ball onto the highway last night in batting practice. So I'm gonna call it I'm calling it right now. You heard it here on underdogs. Vladdy is gonna start to go off and it starts tonight. He's gonna get the launch angle up. He is batting 368 in August, everybody. 368, and it's gonna go up, and he's gonna start to hit some dingers. He knows that field. Let's go. Are you calling it that he's hitting a home run tonight in Buffalo? Home run tonight in Buffalo. This is the most this is the most Boom. excited I've been for a game in a couple of games. <laughs> I can't watch it because I have to fucking work tonight. So don't spoil anything. No! Don't spoil shit to me. I'm the, uh, fucking throwing my phone in the toilet. We've got the Powder Blues. We're debuting the new blues. We've got Hanjin Ryu's. We've got Buffalo. It, it's going to be great. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. Basically playing a triple-A team, too. It's going to be... Oh, they could the go Marlins off. are like one of the best teams. I know the Marlins are amazing. I know, I know, but that cannot last. You know it, and I know it. That's not going to last. They're probably doing well because the other team's so fucking uncomfortable playing them because they don't want to get ill. But that's going to start to that's, change. That, that is fair. Um, did you hear about all this stuff with Zach Plesek and Mike Clevenger of the Indians? Yeah, I did because I, I almost picked up uh, Clevenger's replacement in Ugh. fantasy because I thought that maybe he would have a good start. But yeah, that's that's no good, man. You don't want to hear that after everything Major League's already been through. It's just like, come on. The guys. worst part about it is that so the news came out of Zach Plesek first, right? So for anyone who out there who's listening to this that doesn't know, essentially Zach Zach Plesek, pitcher on the Indians, he was caught i guess by the protocol officer uh coming back to the hotel after a night on the town in where was it chicago i think it, i believe it was in chicago he went out to meet some friends they went out partying on the town in chicago he got caught i think it was i think it was, was cincinnati. cincinnati regardless of where it was they went out it got caught apparently the next day Clevenger was in the office defending him, knowing full well that he was with him, but didn't, hadn't been caught yet. Eventually, they figured out that Clevenger was with him, and he had gone to bat for him, defending Plesek's character and all of that. Meanwhile, uh, knowing inside that he was, he was with him. I, I think that's such a dirty snake move, and I have Mike Clevenger on my roster and fantasy, and I... I'm putting him up, up up on the trading block. If anyone wants to send me an offer for Mike Clevenger, uh, he was he was probably oh fuck, I kind of do. He was my first uh, pitcher pick, I believe, of the season. I love Mike Clevenger as a pitcher. I uh, love him too, 
but uh, he's done me dirty, and I think he's a snake, and I, I want him off the team. Interesting that you feel that way about Mike Clevenger, but you also have George Springer on your team. Um, the Houston Astros uh, <laughs> did what they did. Um, Major League Baseball did what they did. And <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, where is Dante Bichette hitting Whisperer? Where is he? I don't know. It, I, yeah, I, I didn't notice him last game either. I don't know. It, it's been a couple of games. I, I've had this in my notes going from episode to episode, wondering when I was going to bring it up, hoping I might see him on the bench, looking for his shiny head, looking for his discerning eyes and whispery hands. He's nowhere to be seen. Is he still on the team? I don't know. That's a good question. I guess we'll we'll find out by the amount of dingers that are hit in Ooh, Buffalo tonight. Yes. I also might consider seeing if I can reach out to MLB insider Ben Nicholson-Smith, who is known to get back to me now on Twitter. Uh, we'll see. Maybe Maybe he knows some information. Why isn't he on the bench? What has happened? Does he have COVID, et cetera? <laughs> Look, I'm just going to ask the question. Does he have COVID-19? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We should probably wrap it up. I, yeah, I'll save. I've, I've, got a, I've got some questions about Dan Shulman and, and Buck Martinez and the job they've been doing so far, but let's save that for another day. Tease the audience with all of the hot takes that we might have about Dan and Buck. Just like we tease the audience with the Raptors oh, and yeah. Bucks game. Oh, I forgot to even address that. Haven't even mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, okay, let's just talk for a second about that because, you know, people who are listening to this, they saw what we saw. They saw before the game, Giannis is not playing. No Giannis. Toothache. You kidding me? At a time like this, toothache. You send me the text, he's not playing. I send you the text, well, we have to sit somebody now. We can't possibly play them without sitting dudes after they sit Giannis. Then we look, we look bad no matter what. If we win, they didn't have Giannis. If we lose, they didn't have Giannis, and we still lost. So we outdo them. We sit Lowry. Yeah, well, I don't know if you outdo them. How do we, how do we not outdo them? We sat Lowry, Van Fleet, Ibaka, someone else, I think. Mm. the the depth of the raptors is incredible the fact that boucher can get 25 matt thomas 22 yeah and then it's it's so spread out their scoring is so spread out and i i don't know I, it's it's so hard that's what i think about like i said yesterday i I'm reserving all judgment on these nba games until the playoffs start because you just can't get a sense of where everybody's at and without Giannis, without Giannis, that's a meaningless... They showed shots of Giannis on the bench more than they showed any shots of players on the court for the Bucs. The Bucs are yeah. such a boring team without Giannis. Well, I also think it has to do with this, um, like, because Giannis is wearing a mask. They want, they're trying to promote that. You know, they're trying to promote Americans to wear masks. And so they, look, it's Giannis and he's wearing a mask. Maybe you should yeah. wear a mask. And so they keep showing him wearing a mask. Yeah, right. I watched about three quarters of the game. I didn't finish it. Um, you know, they were, they just, it seemed like they were handing it to the Bucks. Um, they were up 10, 15 at points. You've got Matt Thomas lighting them up. He couldn't miss a three in the in the quarter I was watching. I think it was the second or the third. Um, 
the Raptors look look incredible. Yeah, there, there's really not much that you can say about the Raptors. They have amazing depth, the way that their teams run, the organization. It's go time. I just can't wait for the playoffs to start. Well, if you have any complaints that you've been holding off on Vladdy, now is your chance to get them out because tonight everything changes. Four for five with a home run and three RBIs. You heard it here. I'm going to say, I think he's, look, what I'm liking is that the the Blue Jays are realizing that they can get on the base by walking there. Just taking a little stroll up to first. That's what I want to keep seeing more of. Um. It took it took Bo Bichette getting out of the leadoff spot to realize that he can uh, take a walk if he wants to. You uh, said you wanted the Blue Jays hitters to play with rage. How can you take a walk with rage? You've never seen like competitive walkers, man. They're serious. <clears throat> I'm getting to first. Look at me walk. I'm not swinging at anything. You can you can stare down a pitcher when you're walking slowly. It just gives you more time. To, to stare down the pitcher because if you hit the ball and you run to first, you don't have enough time, you know, because then the pitcher's worrying about a new dude. He's not looking over to you that much. He's just checking to see if if you're going to steal the, the, the second base or not. So the walking is the perfect time to rage out. You can walk to first if you hit a dinger. Booyah. That's true. You know you know what all, all of this came from? You know, this talk about rage and, and the lineup hitting with more aggression? The other night uh, in Boston, it, this is when the, the thoughts came to me, was seeing the Bo Bichette at-bat versus Heath Hembry. I don't know if you remember this, but Heath Hembry was, like, so foul. He was, like, he looked so, like, like a little kid in a tantrum. He's getting all, all pissy. He, got, he, he was, like, snarling at Bo Bichette at the at-bat. He kind of looks like he's almost, like, crying. He's so mad. And I just saw Bo looking at him, like, kind of like, the fuck is this guy? What's he doing? And Bo kind of got, I was like, he got the count full. And I was like, Bo's going Bo's gonna to rock this guy. And sure enough, like, I saw them looking at each other. Bo, I think he hit a double at that point in the gap. And Hembry got taken out of the game. I could read his lips. He was, he was like, oh, fuck. He was, he was pissed off. He was noticeably mad. <laughs> he, when he saw it, he turned and he looked to see his manager coming out. I don't know. I can't even. Renicky, Rob Renicky, the Red Sox yeah. manager. Uh, Ron. I think it's Ron. Sorry, Red Sox fans. I don't. <laughs> I, 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 it was. It wasn't until this season or this series that I even realized or remembered that the the Red Sox got a new manager. Any case, Heath Hembry is my new least favorite player. I hate him, and I was really enjoying seeing him get pissed off after Bobichet um, launched off of him, and he got taken out of the game. So that is what I want to see more of. I want to see more combativeness between the hitter and the batter. Well, it takes two to tango, so you have to be uh, receiving Look it out at the it. pitcher. Spit out towards the pitcher. I don't know. Start some shit. I don't care. Let's go. Let's go. We're going to Buffalo. We got a new home. Guys, you're going to come in, come into our home, try and strike me out? I don't think so. Let's go. It's underdogs. We'll be back tomorrow.